Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I'm C.L. Bryant. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and I'm glad that you're able to come along with us two hours every day as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our throughout our great nation download free the cl bryant show app onto your favorite device uh, get it there in the app store and of course follow me on twitter at rev cl bryant rev cl bryant and hey friends let me say this to you if you're traveling through times square in new york city look up above ripley's believe it or not you can't miss ripley's and the red state Talk Billboard is right there above Ripley's, believe it or not, in every hour. The C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on the Red State Talk Billboard. I want to thank uh, the other uh, terrestrial stations who replay our show uh, throughout the Fruited Plains on a daily basis. And also, I want to thank Loving Liberty for bringing us into their family as well. Hey, uh, my last guest, Dr. Marlene McMillan, in the last hour. And again, if you don't get both hours of the show, you need to download the C.L. Bryant Show, the C.L. Bryant Show, onto your favorite device in the App Store. And uh, she is just always so clear on uh, her message. She's always so on point with her message. You can get in touch with her. Her global webinar happens every Wednesday night. It is called Why Liberty Matters. Why Liberty Matters. Find it on the web, whylibertymatters.com. And hey, it is fantastic. You want to be a part of that. Well, um, <laughs> The president was speaking in Jamestown, Virginia today, and of course there was a demonstration that occurred during uh, the president's speech, and uh, you had a bunch of loons uh, there who don't appreciate or even understand the direction that our nation is headed in is a good thing. It's not bad. It's a good thing what's happening. But those who would want you codependent upon them want to create the illusion that somehow the ghost of Mississippi, the ghost of the past, uh, the old South are still galloping through the halls of Congress and certainly now has inhabited the White House. Friends, let 
let me tell you, that is not so. It simply is not the case. I'll be on with my good friend, uh, his radio show a little bit later on today, uh, Sean Hannity, and I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, some of these things. Be sure to tune in, Sean, a little bit later on today. But let, let's let talk now, just us, here in this uh, next few segments that we have left in the show about um, the uh, dependency that makes us group dependent. Dr. Mar- Marlene McMillan started this conversation in our last uh, hour. And folks, let's just be, let's can we be honest here? Can, can I pose an honest question to you, uh, a question that you really need to examine and ask yourself whether you're red, yellow, black, or white in this country. Uh, there is a question that you need to examine because it certainly is one that is staring us in the face. And it grows out of this group think that can, in fact, take away your individual right to your uh, endowment given to you by your creator of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And the question is this, is it racist? I, I tweeted this out, uh, and of course, I, I Facebooked this out a little bit earlier uh, today. Is it racist to call out a failed legislator like Elijah Cummins, who has been in office over 25 years for the failed policies that now glaringly affect his district in Maryland, in Baltimore. Is it racist to say that he has failed? What's racist about he happens to be a black legislator, but that's not the point. The point is he is a legislator who has failed in his district. And it's being pointed out that hey, billions of dollars have been poured into his district. But yet the money, if money is supposed to be the cure, it has not helped them. In fact, the question is being raised and people are calling the president, anyone else that that, that goes along with the president on this. The question is being raised. What happened to the money? Because, see, either the money was uh, lost or stolen or mismanaged. (laughs) It was wasted. That is what the president is simply pointing out. And. I don't care what city you live in, what district you happen to vote in. It does not matter if your legislator and I don't care if he's uh, red, yellow, black, white, or as my pastor says, Heinz 57. It, It doesn't matter. You as an American citizen need to know. What happens to your tax dollar when your legislators are have a fiduciary respons- responsibility to that money that comes into their district? But no, what is happening now is that if you are a black person or a person so-called of color that's being called into uh, account, 
for your mishandling of funds, then the people who are calling you into account for that, especially if they're white or if they happen to be a black conservative, somehow they are racist or they are people who aid and abet racist who they would love to call, uh, even though it doesn't stick anymore, folks. It just doesn't stick. And Uncle Tom. Okay, that is just not uh, something that is meant to fly anymore. Are you hearing me? Please hear me, friends, because we are are in a, a, a society now and it particularly affects our young people, even though I do encourage people in my age bracket. And those are the 50 to 85 year olds. Huh? If you're in that if you're in that age bracket, that 35 year age bracket, the 50 to 35 years of age, then you you may not be as affected by this as some are. But I encourage you to get engaged with social media. I, I encourage you to do that. But understand that it has its purposes and then there are purposes that it should never have. And one of the purposes that it should never have, and that is creating for you self-esteem. Listen, there are kids, young people, I'm talking about Gen Xers and Z uh, generation uh, young people who are actually killing themselves because they are not liked uh, in their mind or according to some nebulous standard by the people who are on social media who may be more engaged or may have more likes or followers than they do. <laughs> that That is absolutely ludicrous that your life would center around that. Hey, listen, I know as, as CL Bryant, uh, the, the personality CL Bryant, who I am, uh, I know that my influence on the national conversation is significant and I thank God for the platform that I have. But if you examine uh, outside of FreedomWorks, so at FreedomWorks, we have over 250,000 followers and, and all of that type thing on, on Twitter and all that kind of thing. And, of course, uh, I'm slinked in and, social, and, and, and on social media with them. But me individually, uh, gee whiz, I may have uh, combined uh, all together with Facebook. Twitter, Twitter uh, combined, I may, and, and uh, what's the other one? Facebook, Twitter, and something else. But anyway, I, I combined, I may have 20,000 uh, uh, followers, whereas you have people who don't have a significant effect on the conversation in this country. Millions, <laughs> millions, hundreds of thousands of followers does that affect me as uh, a voice in this country well in the sense that social media is a the exploding platform in this nation there's no question about that it doesn't affect my self-esteem as and the job performance that i do as far as my message is concerned because uh, i still feel as though the most effective way to reach people is shaking their hand and looking them in the eyeball and uh, talking to them personally. I th still think that's the uh, best way of relationship. And I, I also believe that one of the reasons why we're so detached 
as a people from one another and why those who like to push the ideas of racism are so successful with it is because they can isolate you in a vacuum of social media and then exploit your emotions and your feelings, you see, which creates a nation uh, and a generation, a culture of followers. Yeah, be a good follower. If you if you're not if you're attacking Cummings, then you're not a good follower. Okay, which means that you may have to be kicked out of the tribe. And which means ostracism by those who you have now come to identify as part of your tribe, which also means that your individual uh, and your self-esteem is tied directly to what they think of you, not what you think of what you say and your actions that you do, but your actions now are governed by what they think you should think. Are you hearing me? This is my friends, one of the great evils in our society. You see, even if you went all the way back to the garden, I have to believe that Eve, looking at the story, was concerned at some level on what the, the serpent thought that she was thinking. Oh, no, we, 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 we shouldn't we should need of all that. Oh, you won't surely die. Oh, that's the case then. Now, well, what, what do you say? You see, God just wants you not. God doesn't want you to be like him. And now, now he has her in this trick bag making her a part of his scheme. And Americans, this is exactly the same type of evil that does invade and take over your individual rights as an American when you get into that trick bag of progressive liberal thinking. Because now you're worried about and you're concerned about what they they'll think of you if you don't think like them. Which in itself is absolutely crazy. You know, I, I I'm always concerned, uh, certainly about what uh, my God thinks of my actions. I, I'm always concerned that I'm in line with uh, his word and what he says. That's number one. I'm always concerned about that. Secondly, I'm always concerned about what my wife, Jane, thinks of me. When the children were in our home, I was concerned about what my children thought of my actions as well. Now that they're out and grown and forming their own lives, yes, I still want to live a respectful life uh, so that they are proud and and, uh, happy that I'm their father. But I'm not so much concerned about making them happy with my commentary anymore because I have one or two children who may absolutely absolutely disagree with some of the things that I say, even though they still love me as dad. And, of course, I'm always good for a short loan. However, I am concerned about what my grandchildren think. 
because they're still impressionable. Okay? And you never know uh, where they may go in life that my impression upon them may be challenged by others in other places that do not think the way that I think or the way that I have taught them or even their parents have taught them. And so I'm not concerned about what nationally, what what people nationally may think about me because I am an individual endowed by my creator with my own thought process. And hopefully it's in line with the uh, core values of the creator who gave me the endowment to life, liberty, and the ability to pursue my happiness. And so as a, a, a conservative and who leans libertarian in, in many ways and votes Republican most of the time, I may not be the best follower, and that's why I left the NAACP some thir- nearly 30 years ago now. The reason I left was because I was turning out, in their eyes, not to be a good follower, especially when they told me that uh, I needed to speak at a pro-choice rally in Dallas County, knowing they knew that I was Christian education director, evangelist, uh, evangelism outreach director of my church. And, and it was totally against my core values to go and speak at a pro-choice rally. Even though my star as NAACP president in Garland, Texas, at the time, my star in the organization was absolutely rising. In fact, by this time, if I had pursued it, quite possibly I could have by now have served as national director of the NAACP and have stepped down years ago from that position. But because I was not willing to be the follower and then in, in, in the leader of the people into a place that I felt we should not go. My star that was rising abruptly began to set. Are you hearing me? And that is what so many are afraid of happening when they speak out against progressive liberal policies. So they don't say anything. They're silent. And they turn the conversation that should be had into a conversation that it is absolutely not about. And that's race. When we talk about Baltimore and the failed policies of progressive liberal agenda that's taken place in Baltimore, we are talking about something that has nothing to do with race. It has to do with someone who's been in office for 25 years, over 25 years, that has failed his constituents. It's not about race. So are you telling me that just because a person happens to be black and failing in their job that you can't call them out on the job performance without being called a racist? That, my friends, is wrong, especially when you consider that this is where we were trying to get away from when King gave his speech at the Lincoln Memorial in 1963. I'll be back. I'm C.L.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Glad that you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation here throughout our great nation, the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And hey, let me talk to you about this. It takes a certain character. We were talking to Dr. Marlene McMillan earlier in the show, and she she brings up something that I uh, would like to expand and expound upon now. It takes a certain character to actually be an American. And that character has to understand something about liberty. Because liberty is an individual thing that does lend itself to what we have printed on our money. E pluribus unum. From the many, one. And it's that one whose vote makes this engine uh, uh, go, that drives the engine, is that one. Even though that one comes from the many, you are an individual first. Oh, you're born, you're born that way. You're born not as a group. You're born as an individual. You're nurtured by a family group, but you're nurtured as an individual, anybody who has children can tell you that each one of those children don't care if they're identical twins, they have different character and different personality. And any parent who's trying to make them the same is wrong. This is, it's just like trying to uh, uh, make a, 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 a born lefty a righty. If you're left-handed when you're born uh, and, and, and people try to make you a right-hander, uh, it, it, it does. It, hey, I've seen it happen. It does certain things to uh, the individual. It, it sort of it throws them off balance in many ways. And I remember a time back when I was growing up, gee whiz, for some reason, left-handed people were somehow, uh, I don't know, treated uh, differently. Uh, I had a cousin who was left-handed and my aunts and uncles, even my mom, God rest her soul, bless her heart. Uh, he would come visit with us and, and, uh, he would eat, eat naturally pick up the fork with his left hand and eat with his left hand. They 
did everything they possibly could to make him eat with his right hand. It was a group think. It was something that mistakenly they thought would be a, a corrective action. But you're born to be you. What's that song? I think it was Sammy Davis that made it very popular. I got to be me. And that's what America was put together to be a nation where you can be you. It doesn't matter about the color of your skin. And yes, there are some things I understand historically. And don't get me wrong. I understand. I get it. Okay. Like I said, I, I was the former president of the NAACP, grew up in an activist family. My parents uh, were, were, were civil rights activists in the 50s and 60s. Okay. I, I get it. I understand that as far as black folks in this country were concerned, there was a time when, yes, most of us were in the same boat, especially, particularly in the South. There's no question about that. But now even in the South, black folks are so diversified as far as economics, job opportunities, and ways of thinking that it does not make any sense for uh, people not to vote their pocketbook. Whereas the black pocketbook in America, back when I was growing up, uh, and my dad and and some of his relatives, his uh, brother and and cousins may may have been some of the exceptions to the rules, because I'm talking about men who were dynamic as far as uh, earning money and supporting their families were concerned. They were dynamic at doing each one of them back in in, in the early sixties. And, 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 and my dad, as far back as the 40s, my dad built his own home back in the 40s. Black folks in the South didn't build their own homes back in the 40s. My dad had a third grade education, didn't really read well until he was a grown man. But he was a hard worker, knew how to make money and knew how to support his family. So was his brother. And so was his cousins that all, they all came up together. And so they may have been one of the exceptions to the rules, but by and large, black people back in those times had, when they looked into their wallets, they had pretty much the same money. And the political uh, environment was basically the same. They didn't have any influence in their communities. So it, it, it was more prudent back in those days to vote the, together for something. So at least somehow you could pave the way for folks who would excel and who would take advantage of the American opportunity to travel that road. Understanding that not everyone would excel at the same rate, because not everyone would contribute to their opportunity at the same rate. It never happens. I don't care who you are. You can put any group of people in an educational environment right now. Visit your child's school. Visit your grandchild's school. Sit in the back. Don't even let them know you're there. Just sit there. 
And you'll see the varying degrees of kids who are wanting to excel. Some, they're just there because that's where mom and dad said they had to be. And they're more interested in being themselves and maybe being the life of the class, the the class clown. Another is a class scholar. Although I have seen class clowns turn into very wealthy folks, whether it's entertainment or, hey, they just finally wake up and become successful in whatever it is they take on. They're smart. It just took them longer. So people excel in various degrees. So all of uh, nobody is going to uh, have equal outcome as far as the American experience is concerned, because everybody's different. However, when you look into socialist countries, doesn't matter if, if, if uh, unless you're very smart and unless you seem to be someone that the big government machine can use to promote big government ideas. They'll take you and specialize you. But if you're just a regular Joe, you may have all the talent in the world. You're going to be a regular Joe in a socialist society. Yeah. There is no incentive to excel. And so when we look at black people, when we look at white people, when we look at Americans proper in this country, everyone has their own individual opportunity to make it or break it on your own. Grandma used to put it like this. Every tub has to sit on its own bottom. Oh, oh, now, now, Grandma didn't read very well either. Okay. She read well enough, though, to read the Bible to Grandpa. But you just can't buy that kind of wisdom. Every tub has to sit on its own bottom. She'd say that to me when she was trying to stress a point that I need to take responsibility for not getting those eggs out of the chicken coop. I need to take responsibility for throwing rocks at her chicken, hitting one in the head one time and killing it. And I do remember uh, lying to grandma (laughs) about about it. And I do remember uh, vividly going out to the peach tree switch. We had a grandma and granddad had a, a peach orchard. You go out there, they had several peach trees out there. And uh, it was up to me. It was my personal responsibility to pick off that peach tree switch or pick, pick off that peach tree, uh, that peach tree, my own switch that It was my responsibility to bring back to her so that she could discipline, discipline me with that peach tree switch. And I learned early on that you had better bring back something that was worthy of use to grandma or she would go out there and choose it herself. (laughs) Oh, the things, the way that, that, that the old folks, the, how they would discipline us in the South. Uh, and I'm going way back now to Grand Cane, Louisiana, back in uh, the, the late 50s, early 60s. Grandma Sarah, Mama Sarah, we call her. She would, if you didn't have the, the, the personal responsibility 
of being the, 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 the tool of your own discipline, then she would discipline you with her own judgment. So I learned early on, hey, uh, let's get this done and let, let me be the the uh, the judge and the jury of how this outcome is going to be for me. When it came to those in authority. <laughs> folks. A lot of folks didn't get that kind of discipline. A lot of folks got the type of discipline that says, and this is too much. This happens too much in our culture today. Oh, it's okay, baby. Uh, You're a product of your environment. No, no. I helped shape my environment. And grandma made certain that I understood that I had the responsibility of shaping my environment and taking responsibility for my actions, which I have good or bad all of my life. And I've been in some situations that were not pretty, that were not favorable, but there has never been a time when I shirked the responsibility for my own actions, whether it meant good or bad to me personally. I have always, and I learned that from grandma and grandpa, and learned it from my dad, and certainly my mother. My mother was a disciplinarian in our family to take responsibility regardless of what the consequences may turn out to be. You take responsibility for your actions. And that is why I am railing on this idea of somebody being racist because they point out that someone else has not taken responsibility for their actions. Elijah Cummings Cummings has not taken responsibility for being in office for nearly 26 years, for 26 years, but yet his district is in the shambles that it's in. And you can't say, no one can say that they have not had help because they have. The president is simply pointing out, has simply pointed out that billions of dollars have been spent Attempting to help Baltimore. Now, the same type of scenario it, it plays out when we look at uh, the crisis at the border. We have sent billions of dollars to Honduras. We have sent billions of dollars to Guatemala. Billions, billions of dollars we have sent to those two countries. Yet. The same thing that has happened in Baltimore evidently has happened in Honduras and it has happened in Guatemala. Somebody has either wasted or stolen the money. That 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 is not an accu- that, that is not a, an accusation. That has to be a deduction 
a reasonable deduction that you have come to based on the fact that you have don't see any result or impact of the billions of dollars that you have sent to people intended to help them. Okay, your, your child comes to you, your kid comes to you. And let's just say that they are asking you for help on their rent. You give them the money. Next thing you know, they're knocking on your door saying, hey, parents, I got kicked out of my apartment. I got evicted. Well, (laughs) what's your obvious question? I'll tell you what your obvious question is. Well, what happened to the money I gave you? Well, that's all that's being asked here is Honduras, Guatemala, Baltimore. That's all that's being asked. What happened to the money we gave you? And by the way, Representative Cummings, since you are representing these people and you should have some knowledge of what happened to this money, was the money stolen or was it wasted? That's the question that's being asked, isn't it? Is it racist to ask that question of someone who is supposed to be responsible for the money? Well, (laughs) if we keep this up, the the number of millennials, 46%, is the percentage of millennials who are still getting significant help from their parents for basic expenses, that number will rise because it's not their fault that they're not succeeding. It's somebody else's fault. And anyone who happens to say something about it Well, they're haters or they're xenophobic or they're racist or they just don't understand how young people operate in today's society. I'm saying that they are setting themselves up to become pawns of tyranny. If we don't give some example, and I believe the president is a very good example of how to turn this ship around now. I'm CL. Be back on the home stretch when I return. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. So you clean me up inside, you thought 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back the home stretch of the CL Bryant show today uh, coming at you coast to coast, border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. And the reason we have been that way for 243 years and it started and uh, as the president is there in Jamestown, Virginia, trying to celebrate the first uh, representative form of government in our nation that's happened in Jamestown back in 1619 it all began there using a judeo-christian ethic uh, long before the country uh, became a nation uh, there was a representative form of government for those who were represented mostly old white men that's true that is absolutely true. But because of those old white men uh, I am able right now to speak across the nation in fact across the globe because of the seed of liberty that was planted by them that now gives me uh, the great-grandson of former slaves the same rights, abilities, and pursuits of my happiness that anyone else in this country can enjoy. There is not one thing that I can point to that the color of my skin would stop me from doing if I want to do it. And that includes running and winning the presidency of the United States. So what's going on here in this country right now? Tyranny. Tyranny. There, there, there is an active um, move toward uh, socialism, Marxism, which produces tyranny. Now, understand this. And uh, I talked to Dr. Marlene McMillan in the first hour about this and this is something she says. She said, the tyrant can't change the principles of liberty. In other words, uh, the uh, endowment that we are given by our creator, the tyrant can't change that, you know, the, the, the unalienable right to life, liberty and pursuit of our happiness, all they can try to do is take it away from you. Oh, and, and, and that is just so true. And they do it in the same method that you receive it by getting you to legislate it out of existence. I was talking to uh, my wife's cousin yesterday, Will. I was talking to him yesterday. Uh, they were, he and his wife, Sherry, were down visiting with us uh, yesterday. And Will, Will told me something that uh, I thought was just absolutely, uh, you know, crazy. But it's true. I checked it out. It's true. If you in Arkansas, whoever you are in Arkansas, the state of Arkansas, 
if you get a medical card, if you get a medical card in Arkansas uh, that says you can use cannabis, then you that you can't own a gun. Huh? Now, you can still drink alcohol and own a gun. <laughs> Think about this now. You can still drink alcohol and own a gun. But if you get a medical card saying that you can use medical marijuana, you, you can't get a gun. What type of chicanery is that now? It, it, that's just absolute uh, chicanery. That's nuts. Uh, you can still take uh, oxycodone and own a gun. But if you get a a, can of, a card saying you uh, can use medical marijuana and they're finding that it, it's good for all types of things, it's becoming a medicine that you can't own a gun. Makes me wonder what type of tyranny is being put in place now to be used against you later. Because as Dr. Marlene said, uh, tyrants can't change the principles of liberty. Uh, you know, that you have an, uh, an unalienable right to your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. That's what this country is all about. They can't change those principles because we're endowed by that. Every American should know it, but it's being bred out of our young people. But every American who is over uh, 45, 40 years of age should know that that is an unalienable right as your birthright. Your birthright as an American citizen, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That is an unalienable right. So the tyrant that comes into office can't necessarily change the principles of liberty. All they can do is try to take them away from you through your ignorance, I might add. Oh, yeah, you can give them, you can give them away. You can give them away. And a lot of times, as some parents, some very wealthy parents, listen to this, check this out. I think I heard Charles Payne say this. Uh, Charles Payne said this earlier today. He brought this up. But, of course, I'm going to put it in my own CL way. Charles Payne brought this up. He said uh, a significant amount of rich parents are actually giving up guardianship to their children so that their children may abuse the system when they're trying to get governmental assistance, whether it's for college or housing or what have you. So what does the, 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 the wealthy parent does or the parent who has means do? And I can see progressive liberals doing this hand over fist because that's what that college scandal was all about. You know, they're actually giving up guardianship of their children to their uh, less fortunate relatives or friends so that their children can list the assets of that less fortunate relative or friends on their papers so that their parents' assets don't figure into 
the uh, decisions of whether or not their child is able to get aid. Talk about a racket. That, my friends, is racketeering. Somebody ought to go to jail for that. But nobody is saying anything about the racket of wanting to insulate a black man who does not step up to the plate and claim personal responsibility for billions of dollars that have either been wasted or stolen in his district. No, we want to say that to do that is a racist statement. Why? Because he's black. Wrong. And I can prove just how wrong this is when you look at the uh, Democrats Triple C Committee. Democrats Congressional Campaign Committee. Check it out. Google it. You'll find this. That top staffers have quit because of the lack, they say, of diversity. What? Lack of diversity in the Democrat Party anywhere? You see, friends, there is a wake-up call here. It's created chaos in the party. I'm telling you, that Democrat Party is definitely in a state of flux. It's in chaos big time. And good. I, I say good. Because their chickens are coming home to roost. When you play the race card as much as the Democrats have played the race card, eventually you have to answer to the same standard. Eventually, not, you know, it takes it takes a while, takes it a while to happen. But I can't think of a better time for it to be happening than now. Oh, they played the race card all, all the eight years that Obama was, was president of the United States. They played it. They played it. They played it. The whole eight years that Obama was president of the United States. And here in these three years that President um, Trump has been president of the United States, they had have continued to play that race card. So we're talking about 11 years of playing the, the race card. Justice moves slowly but it certainly moves surely it surely moves the the, the pendulum swings slowly but it swings surely and that is what's happening right now when you look at these top staffers of the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee resigning, stepping down because they are saying there's a lack of diversity. What goes around, show enough, comes back around. You can believe that. 
What happened to the money? We want to know. Baltimore. Elijah Cummings, want to know what happened to the money. Where is the money? That's not racist. That's just common sense. And so it's not anybody else's fault. It is squarely a question that is designed to be answered by those who have a fiduciary responsibility to the money that is allocated for their district. It is not, should not, and has never been, has never been predicated upon whether or not Elijah Cummings is black. I know this, if he was white, they, somebody would be calling him out or should be. And so let's call him out. Let's see what's happening. It's been a great day here with you. And uh, all I'm trying to do is uh, hope that you don't continue to pay for enslave for the, pay for the tools used for your own enslavement. Oddly enough, while railing against slavery itself, progressive liberals wanting you to pay through redistribution of wealth for your own slavery. (laughs) Wouldn't that be ludicrous? Isn't that ludicrous? It is ludicrous. And you're going to hear so much about it. You You heard so much about it in these Democrat debates. And I'll be back, uh, Lord wills, tomorrow. Lord wills, tomorrow. I'll be back with more of the C.L. Bryant Show as we build the bridge to conversation. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire is that God would bless and keep you all. Cut through the smoke and mirrors and see current events through the lens of common sense. Think about how bad things must be at the federal level for your state politicians to say, we're going to hold a constitutional convention and rewrite the Constitution. In the end, there's only two things we need to do. One, take the time to get right with God and just remember to be kind. The Joe Carey Show, weekday afternoons at 12 